Hey everyone, welcome to 12 Questions. My name is Anna Valenzuela. Hello everyone. We're getting ready for life. Uh, just hanging out, doing the thing, podcasting from my roommate's room. Feels weird. It's weird to be in it. I'm in different locations a lot, but it feels weird. I feel like I'm invading. Um, but I am super stoked to introduce my lovely co-host, Mr. Davey Yates. Maximum stoke. Hey everybody. Good to be here. Yay, yay. Dave, can we get that beautiful uh, clarity statement? Sure can. Welcome to 12 Questions. We're a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anyone struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge the purpose of the podcast to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves by listening. Yay! And and we have our uh, our guests introduce themselves mainly so if they want to stay like super anonymous, we're not like saying the first and last name and and you know, we want to give them the opportunity to uh, to to stay under the radar. Who are we speaking with today? Uh, you are speaking with Stephanie Van Zeitfeld, and I am in recovery. Um, and I I love that you guys are really conscious about traditions and kind of setting the framework for this. And um, I feel the same way. It's a it's a challenging thing when it's like, okay, I want to talk about this, and I also have a lot of respect for the traditions and. Um, Anyway, uh, it's just, it's, it's really, it's really cool to be, uh, it's cool to be a part of this. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's who you're talking to. Yeah. I love that. We try our best. Yeah. Well, you're succeeding. I feel, I mean, it's early. I don't know. This could go downhill very quickly. So I reserve judgment. (laughs) There's a a lot more can be revealed, but. uh, (laughs) Yes. More will be revealed. mm -hmm. Dun, dun, dun. No, I. Oh, go ahead. No worries. I was just going to say how you've been holding up. You, uh, you, uh, I've known Steph since uh, shit Chicago days and recovery yeah. and young people's silliness, and uh, and she just recently moved to Southern California. So welcome. Thank you. It's I love what you guys have done with the place. It's really <laughs> it's special. Just um, for you. We did it thank just you. For you. Thanks. I um. Man, I wanted to, well, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this because this is definitely something that is, you know, I, I mean, I suppose it could have happened before recovery, but um, I'm really grateful it didn't. And uh, anyway, I've wanted to move out here for a long time. So it's it's phenomenal to be here. Um, and I've been here. I'm, I'm in uh, Calabasas. You can hear Ooh. the Midwestern. I don't think anyone says it that way, by the way. Um, and I feel like Dave, every time I see him, reminds me that I live here. Like, why? Why? Anyway, so I just want to get that out of the open. I want. I will fully claim, yes, this is where I live. And why? Because that is what looked appealing when I was looking for apartments on the internet. So I That's smart. Yeah. Wait, do people throw shade at you for living in Calabasas? I think people throw shade at me for just living. Like, I don't think anyone has actually ever cared enough to throw shade. I don't think it's actual shade, but I perceive shade in a lot of places. And I just, I've noticed people say it and they're either like 
seem to be making fun of my Midwestern accent, which yes, I get, I still have. It's only been three months. I haven't lost it yet. And, um, or they're like, why? And I'm like, well, it's a really long story. So maybe that'll come out. I never don't feel like you have to change up my, um, my stepmom is from Ohio. She's a huge uh, influence on my life. And occasionally I palatalize my A's as well. And my, uh, yes, my, my dude is a linguistics major from Berkeley. And he was like, do you realize you palatalize your A's like somebody from the Midwest? And I'm like, shush. Palatalize this dick. (laughs) My God. I am. Okay. This is, this is knowledge I will use. More has already been revealed. I yeah. am giving this five out of five stars. <laughs> and, and by the way, if everybody all, if we all talked like we were from California, which many Americans do because of the entertainment industry, their contact with, with the American accent is usually oh. California based. We would all sound like, oh my God, how's it going? Like, oh my God, hella amazing. Like it's, <laughs> it's a different, it's just a different way of speaking. And I love it because especially here in California, you'll notice like at least our like successful comedian friends, many of them have a Midwestern accent. Okay, uh, good. Yeah. Okay. It's a like it's a thing because it's n- number one funny people and number two, you know we everybody we can't all be homogenous. It takes all kinds, right? It does take all kinds. And the the other thing, and I, I do think this will tie in and kind of get us back to you know the the meat of why we're here. But I notice when I'm not, uh, when I'm like really in the moment or I'm, I'm really excited or really something, it tends to come out more than, and I think that's great. It's like, I don't have my filter on. And I feel like that is, that's kind of like the best way to live life to like, I mean, provided that when I don't have my filter on, I'm not, you know, being mean to anybody, but like, it's, that's, I want to live more of that life. That's like less, um, sort of curated, you know? Yes. So, okay. You caught me. I'm from West Michigan. 49460 was my zip code. Okay. But at, not least you didn't, at least you didn't hold your hand up and do this. <laughs> That's uh, for those listening. I'm holding my hand up and pointing at the part of my hand of the mitten, which is what people from Michigan do to tell you where they live is they pick their hand up and they show it to you. Uh, they <laughs> okay. point on the, They point on their hand. <laughs> What part of Michigan they're from? Well, so part of why I would never do that is one, I am okay. I, I'm already bad at geography. I'm just gonna. That is, it's just not. It's not one of my gifts. Then I don't even know because Zoom is like backwards and what. I mean, I'm on the opposite side of the thumb. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Down that's, towards yeah, the that's western pole. Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. I did it right. That's you're, why I don't yeah, do you're, it. You're it's west of the thumb. West of, West of the thumb. West this is amazing. <laughs> and then I also, I mean, to be fair, I feel like Chicago is more home. I was there for 14 years. So, so anyway. Good old Chicago. I don't know where I'm from. This is, no, is anyone still listening to this podcast? They're like, yes. I didn't. This is, nope. I'm not. I'm, we, no, we never know. We, we, we leave that we up do. to the universe. We have. We have listeners. Shout, give us a shout out if you if you stayed through the through the the Michigan geography lesson. And I love you. I love you. I will give you a hug if you're vaccinated and I see you in person. Okay, air yeah. hug. Well, and this I think what you, you've talked about leads into like surrender, acceptance, all that kind of stuff. And for me, I remember I had a 
my my Eskimo into the come into the into the rooms was very. Can you say that anywhere? I guess you shouldn't say that. It would be like you're the person who brought you in. You don't want to say that. You want to be good. Sherpa. 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 I still use the term. Well, let's we're using. I mean, I I don't higher power show just show up whatever. just show up show up think, we're not i don't want to we want to be as we want to be as yeah i get what you're saying exactly exactly i will, I will probably cut that out but it's very oh, like yeah. the person who brought who brought me into the rooms for the first time he was very he would say things sometimes like god anna you're so embarrassing like he would kind of he would throw a little shade at me and for being the big spazzy personality that i am and no, I know, uh, bless his heart. He's doing fine now. We're all, we're all, we've all gone separate ways. And one of the things that like, um, that I came to, it was powerful. It was meant to be because one day he said that to me, I said, yeah, you know what I am? Cause I'm not cool. I'm awkward. I'm awkward. That's who I am. I'm a weirdo and I'm okay with it. Amazing. And now we've made a career out of it. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Because that's, so, how it's, that's how you're supposed, oh man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that's, that's like what you're supposed to do is that you embrace yourself and you become more free and your life becomes bigger because you're not trying to hide. Right. Yes. And I think that comes with a lot of surrender. Like what is, what's, uh, how do you experience surrender in your life today? Maybe the big surrender of, of getting into recovery. Like what's your surrender look like for you? That's a good, um, it's a great question. I, it, it, just thinking of the, the people who clue us into like, Hey, maybe you want to check this out or, or I, I may have experienced what you're going through 12 step is this way. Check it out. Um, you know, it's funny because I, so I've been sober since, uh, August 8th of 2011. And as I was, as I was kind of careening towards my bottom, everything on paper looked great. Uh, I was, I had been living my life. The way I lived my life was identify the outcome and then stack up the dominoes so I can get there mm-hmm. and come hell or high water. I'm going to get there. Okay. And, um, and that worked for me for a really long time. And the, 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 there is this woman that I worked with, I was in the healthcare field at the time. And, uh, she shared with me that she was sober and I was like, oh my God, why would you ever tell that to anybody? That's so embarrassing. Like it was like, now mind you, I'm sharing with her, like how, like, that my escapades and what's happening. I was like, whatever, that's collateral damage. I mean, would I be this successful if that were a problem? And, and honestly, uh, I, I feel like my, my, I use higher power as the word that feels comfortable to me. Um, but I will use it interchangeably with like the universe, God, whatever, we'll get into that. But, um, I feel like the universe knew I just needed like basic, like it appealed to my, to what mattered to me. And so the only reason I did not write this woman off was because she was, she was gorgeous, tall, model, thin, always impeccably dressed. And I was like, okay, well that, uh, 
I thought that people who were alcoholics were like, had like other belongings in a grocery cart. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so then I was willing to listen, even though I was like, I don't know. And so as, you know, as things, I don't know, there was, there was just this moment where I went back to Michigan to see my parents uh, and my sister. And I did there what I basically was doing as I drink in Chicago, which is like normal for me. And, um, but it was kind of just like such a stark contrast with who I thought I was or what, anyway, it was, uh, there was just this moment where my mom said to me, you know, you might want to do something about your drinking. And I had built up such a wall of like success. And I, I mean, don't, don't come for me. If you like, if you say anything critical, mm. remotely critical, we're done. So mm. the, I knew that was, a, I knew it had to take a lot for her to do that. And so there was just something in me that was like, holy shit, maybe that, can I swear on this? I will. Yes. Of course. Okay. <laughs> we, we fucking appreciate it. <laughs> yes, please, please do. Try like, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Thank you. But um, I was like, if, what if this is as bad as I keep telling myself it isn't? And so I was able to call her and uh, she met me at my first meeting and, and I have not had a drink ever since. So that, so that for me was like a, that was a big surrender. Um, I really, I don't know how I would define it today. I mean, I, I, I feel like it's, it's very incremental and it's like, it's like, I have to realize why am I fighting against this? Or like, why is this bothering me? Like I'll have to, it's kind of like this momentary, like, wait a minute, what's going on here. And then sometimes I then like, if I'm doing my like spiritual work to stay connected, I get that space, that pause, and then I can make a better decision and then, you know, like just kind of like let, let some, there's usually like some space that comes in. I think for me, that's what the, the surrender is like in the pause or the space or in the, we'll get to this too, uh, like a little bit later on, but like when I'll go through some situation that I would have handled very differently, even like six months or six years ago or something. And I'm like, holy shit, how did, did I just do that? Did I just walk through life that way? Cause that I never thought I could do that, you know, and I, and I know it's not me. Um, and I'm really grateful. Like, I feel like that's kind of like a, another little, like, Oh, okay. That's surrender. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Taking, taking ourselves out, out of the equation, you know, cause I, I mean, I'm my own worst enemy. So mm-hmm. if I get out of my way, sometimes that's the best for me. And the mm-hmm. best, the best I can come up with sometimes is I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I've gotten to where I've gotten to, but I know it's got little to do with me and a lot to do with like, just, I don't know. There's gotta be some reason I'm around, you know, and uh, sobriety is an insane thing, you know? Um, And I lived an insane life. So I, at the beginning, it was like, well, I can't deal with things staying the same and change doesn't seem as scary as staying in the pain that I'm in. So might want to try something different. Well, and I, I, I think Stephanie, like what you described is the feeling of surrender. For me, it's that like, I can feel it. I'm like, Oh, Oh, there she is. Oh, 
Oh, oh, thank you for arriving to this party. Thank you. That is, ooh. And for me, it's like a feeling of like, oh, okay, well, this is where we are. And that helps so much. It helps so much. So. You know what's actually coming to, to mind that, um, like, I've heard people use this, uh, uh, this analogy of like, you know, untreated alcoholism or the ism, regardless of whatever the substance is. Cause I'm very, I am very uh, well-versed in ways to kill myself. There are multiple fellowships that I want to, and, it. But, but that idea of like the, the spring in my solar plexus, like that is just tightening. It was, I was born with it tight. It stays tight when life happens because life happens like that will it. And that, that like, you know, the working the steps, the, the changes that happens. And, and honestly, like, even for people who aren't in 12 step, I think when I don't know, I don't know that experience, but, but I also know there are people who change and evolve without this kind of stimulus. And I think that is amazing because I wouldn't do it otherwise, (laughs) but, but like that, when it's like, oh, that, that, that release that I feel in the chest that alcohol used to do very quickly. Um, but that like the, you know, now like having that spiritual solution that we talk about like that, that's what kind of keeps that spring from tightening and keeps it released. Well, I think the booze and the drugs is a false sense of surrender. You know, yeah. like I used to drink about everything. I used to drink at everything. And it, when I drank, it gave me a false sense of like, I'm surrendering and accepting when I really wasn't. And that, mm-hmm. that I think is the illusion of the, uh, of the insanity of being an alcoholic or an addict. It's, it's, you think yeah. you're surrendering by using this chemical, but really you're just numbing out to whatever degree. Um, and the next question, Steph, is what is the most insane moment you've had either in recovery or before recovery? Um, the, the one there are, there are multiple, uh, but the one that I, that comes to mind first happened about, uh, in the spring of, or no, like right after the new year in 2018, I took a sabbatical for my corporate gig at the time. And I went surfing in South Africa for 13 weeks. And that was, which was awesome. Okay. And that was, that was totally, excuse me. That was totally like gift of the program, you know, sponsor, sponsor on board, therapist on board. I didn't, you know, that, that was in the works for well over a year. My higher, like, anyway, it it wasn't like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to go do this now. And, um, but so, so I knew that I'd felt like my higher power had brought me there for a reason, even though it was scaring the shit out of me for all of these different reasons, you know, like one, I'm 38 at the time. And, uh, I'm almost 20 years older than most of the people I'm on this trip with. Um, you know, this is anyway, all, all that stuff we're, we're supposed to, we're there to surf, but we're going to go climb table mountain which I have, you can't see it, but it's tattooed on my uh, upper left arm. And uh, we're supposed to just take the, the easy like path. And okay. So, you know, most of the guys that are there surfing are like six feet tall, 18, like bounding up the thing. And I'm, you know, I'm not, it's like, 
I'm strong. I'm, I'm athletic, but like, I also am five foot five and I, and I run a marathon. I know, you know, like slow and steady wins a race. Like I can do that. So in the course of this, uh, myself and two other surfers got separated from the group and the instruction before we left was look, when you get to the fork in the road, you have got to go right. Because if you go left, you're going to end up on India Venster, which is this experience, this like track for, or like the the trail for experienced hikers. Long story short, uh, when, when we got there, we went right as we were instructed. And unfortunately, right was actually the way you were supposed to go to get to India Venster. And we didn't realize oh, it no. until we were too far up. So let me just paint a picture. There are the two. Okay. The two of us are deathly afraid of heights. One, I think was just hiding it because she was a coach. It was like supposed to be, you know, keeping us uh, from losing our minds. Um, we, it is, uh, summer there. Uh, we've already finished our water. We're two hours into this hike plus, And now the only option is for us to keep going, but I'm wearing Chaco sandals and some black workout gear, you know, like we are not prepared for this at all. Mm. And we've now gone so far and had to climb, like help each other climb up like boulders and stuff. So it's now too dangerous for us to go back down. Cause I would be right that. And, um, and so we made the decision, okay, we're going to keep going. I, I knew we were going to die. I was like, and, and I'm not somebody like I'm a trauma survivor. I fucking barrel through anything. Like yeah. I, I really do. And I was like, we're, I've had a good run, you know, I've had a good run and and my cat is safe. These are my thoughts. My cat is safe. There was a tri- like a tram going up to the top. Mm-hmm. And so we could see like, and on the bottom of the tram, it was sponsored by either like Visa or MasterCard. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not actually going to have to pay off my student loans. Well, that's fine. <laughs> and then, um, and I was like, you know, it's, it's been a good run. And, um, and so we, but we had to keep going. Like we had to keep walking. And I just remember being like higher power in my head. I was like, I, I don't know what your plan is for this. I don't know what you're going to do, but like, I need you to, I need you to fucking show up. Like I need some help here. Cause I don't even know how I can keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I, this still just is so crazy. Seriously, within like that minute, these two French hikers bound up and like the guy takes one look at me and he's like, here, have this. And he like hands me this Evian that's still cold. And wow. he gives me, he gives me this piece of sugared candy. And then he's like, oh, those shoes. I was like, look, buddy. I mean, it's clearly not, I wasn't, I didn't think we were going to go this way, but, and shit like that kept happening the whole way. Like we would get to a place where we physically, like between the three of us could not figure out how we were going to get like where we could find handholds to get up the thing. And then some other people would come along. And I mean, I, so like, thank to the German or Dutch, like hiker that like used his hands on my ass to like push me up to wow. the next. I mean, it was so crazy. And, um, 
at the end of that, I was like, okay, I'm still supposed to be here. I mean, I mean, honestly, like I was like, I'm on borrowed time now. So that to me is the craziest thing. And, um, you know, that's, I, yeah, that's amazing. Cause that is like, I've had, I've, I'm trying to think of some, a hiker, surfer, that kind of stuff too. Like you and I, you and I could hang, we could hang. Oh my God. Yes. We need to hang. I need surfer friends out here. Well, I have a bad back and I'm not really technically supposed to surf anymore because I'm getting up, but I can, I can sponge. We'll mind surf. It's fine. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, but like there have definitely been moments in like my recovery where it's like, well, are we going to get through this? You know, the hike you shouldn't be on the, the, that, that's so relatable. That moment where you're just like, okay, well, I guess you get through it and you're like, how did I do that? You know what I mean? And I think it's just the decision to just keep going, just like, we're going to keep going because it's going to be fine. And, and I think that gets to our third question of like, like, how do you make decisions in your life? Well, like, what was the decision-making there? You were just like, well, I don't have a choice. I'm just going to keep plodding along yeah. or like, like, do you carry that sort of decision-making into the rest of your life? Or like, what's, what's your decision-making like? 100%. I, um, I, my decision-making really has changed. And I, I hope to God that there aren't any areas that I don't use this because this is, I mean, it, it really goes against like, my, I think the way that I was brought up, but I seriously, am like, okay. Like when I get to a point there, you know, this thing about like, um, when we're agitated or doubtful, we pause and ask for an intuitive thought or decision. I have, I'm, I, that is what I do. And I don't like know what I'm asking to. And I also, before I even get to that, like I want, I, I needed to deal with the fact that like, there are a lot of things that happen in life, in my life, and just in the world in general that I'm not okay with. Like, yeah. and I couldn't, I, I grew up in a very religious environment where it was like, well, that's God's will. And I was like, well, then yeah. God is a fucking asshole. And the yeah. fact that you're okay with this really kind of bothers me because I don't, how do you not have any compassion? How doesn't this make you sick that this is going on or that is going on? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> fortunately, I was able to, I was desperate enough that I could suspend judgment long enough to speak to enough other people in recovery that had dealt with the same thing. And so I believe, yes, I believe everything is happening as it should. And I expect, I mean, there are already a backlog of things that I have like earmarked where if there is something after this, or if I, you know, like when I get it, like, higher power, you have some serious explaining to do because I don't see it. And, and I am, I'm willing to suspend judgment that maybe if the camera is lens is like backed up far enough, I will see how all of these dots eventually connect. But right. I, I think there, I just sort of have a big box of things that I'm like, I don't, I can't explain that. And I don't, I'm not okay with it. And I feel like I need, you know, show me what I need to do to not be a part of the problem. And there are also things that are just out of my control. So how I make decisions, um, you know, like this work, the, the work of recovery and just trying to, 
I, I, I really think it's like staying out of my ego and connected to like my highest self, my higher power, whatever that is, you know? And, and so when I hit those points where I'm like, Hmm, like moving, for example, I mean, there are things, you know, I wanted to move to California for years, but I wanted to make sure that if I was going to move, it wasn't me doing a geographic. Right. And, and I, I wasn't really sure. And so I, I don't make, a, I don't make any moves then. I wait, I ask and, and real practically speaking for people who, well, whatever, take, take what you like, leave the rest, but this kind of, it works a little bit more if you're in kind of in this community and doing this stuff, very specifically what that looks like. I will, I do a lot of stream of consciousness writing and I'll write letters to my higher power and I'll ask, um, show me what to do, put it in the God box. That usually happens several hundred times, you know, like, but but that was how I figured out it was, it was okay to go to uh, South Africa. And that's where, that's where I figured out I wanted to learn to surf. I did that all in recovery. Um, So you just learned. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. And you're in Calabasas, which is very close to some nice beaches. So that is, that was big part. That was a big part of the reason. So, um, so I'll do that. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll let people know, Hey, here's, I'm not really sure what to do about this. I turn it over. And in my, like, I have a, I'll do that by phone conversations. I'll do that by text. Um, in my, uh, with some of my closest friends, I'm like, Hey, I just, I, I'm considering this turnt and that right. is how I use that word turnt. Um, and again, I hope that's not too, I just, it's, to me, it seems funny. It's like, it's official. Okay. It's very funny. Yes. yes. Um, and, and honestly, like, I really do trust more will be revealed. And in the meantime, if I still don't have an answer, okay, I don't have to do anything. And that has saved me a lot of like, Drama. Uh, it saves me from making a lot of like really rash decisions. Right. Because like, sometimes things do pass. And then sometimes it's like, no, it, it, it is okay. So I feel like, yeah. am I taking, am I doing no. these questions? Am I going too long? Just no, you're trying to wrap it up. You're, you're, you're so great. You're so great. Oh. I have a, I have a side question. Please. What did they say when you got back, you, you did the death hike. What did they say when you got back and they were like, you should have gone left instead of right. That was our bad. Cause did everyone go left? No, or did no. everybody, everybody else was fine. They were done. They're like, where are you guys? Where are you guys? I, um, so several things I could tell. I doubt they'll actually ever listen to this. So, but I, I still want to be as kind as possible. No one ever yeah. said, I'm sorry. We said that wrong. No one ever. Wow. But, um, but I, but I do know that they were, I, I, I did know that they were genuinely worried, especially some of the key because one actually the, the key like leader came down and met us about 20 minutes from the end of the hike. And um, because he didn't want us to get further lost or further off the path. And so, and, and that meant a lot. And I also remember being very angry with him because I was like, tell them to bring water, tell them to bring water. Cause I was like losing my mind and um, he didn't have water. And I was like, God damn it. But he didn't have a, he did have like a, one of this, I don't know what they're called, but it's basically like a scarf that you can use like a turban or whatever. And he's like, here. so I'm basically using that as like a, it ended up becoming yeah, like an like Olympian a, a, a flag Pashma or something like a Pashma Yeah, 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 like yeah. And anyway, so I was like, okay, well, I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get. But um, 
when, oh my God, when we got done, we were so, so fucking elated. I didn't care. I was like, holy shit. I remember saying uh, there is, cause at the very top, there's like this little thing of stairs, like these quaint little stairs. You get done like scaling this mountain and there's like these little stairs that get you up to the gift shop and the thing, you know, like, I was like, I will never complain about stairs with a railing ever again. Like I was so happy. Did you pick up Um, a shirt that says I survived the murder hike? Like that was his lousy shirt. Um, but I do remember one of the, uh, well, so what I do know is that they, they were worried. They, they had considered bringing in, oh, there were also uh, wildfires that had gotten out of control on the mountain. <laughs> what do you mean that. murder hike? <laughs> I know it was, it was. Yeah. And apparently like 60 some people die on this thing every year. And they're like, it's really good that you were climbing it on a Sunday because during the week, nobody's up here, but because it was a weekend, that's why there were, there were other hikers taking that path. Who could? Yeah. So that was really cool. And then um, they were worried that they were gonna have to shut down the tram uh, because of the smoke. And so from the fire. And so they were like, they couldn't tell us to hurry up, but they were also like, we need them to hurry up. Cause hurry. I'm like, I'm just going to, then I will sleep here until I can go. Right. But, um, I, I do know they were, they were talking about like, well, do we do an evacuation, like a rescue type? And, and the, they looked into it, but the rescue was still going to involve because nobody had broken anything it wouldn't have been like a medevac situation. It would have been sending down hikers to hike with us. And so I don't know why, well, anyway, whatever it all worked out. But I do remember one of the kids on the, on the trip in the, in the van on the way home was like, well, why didn't you guys go the right? I mean, he said, go blah, blah, blah. And I was like, first of all, he said, go right, which is what we did. And I said, but second of all, it's real easy to say, well, how could you get, I mean, how could you get lost when you're all together and you're following each other? If not, everything looks like, uh, everything looks like it could be a path. And we were following like spray painted yellow feet. So it's not, I mean, like in all fairness, this was not like, Oh, what were you guys doing? Just jamming, you know, like it just, it was really insulting to have something like there is something in me and I, and I see this come out where it's like, you know, we'll talk about those later with the character defects, but like, I really have always tried to be a good girl, you know, like that was going to save me if I'm just good enough, but the perfectionism and the people pleasing run so deep in my bones. So to have somebody be like, after you almost died to me, seem like they were pointing the finger and be like, well, why'd you go and do something stupid like that? It was like, uh, excuse me. And I'm really great. I even noticed it was, it was, it was new behavior for me to actually speak up in that moment because normally mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh, ha, ha, or laugh it off or whatever. I was like, yeah, nope. I, you know, um, so anyway, yeah, I, that always, was I always surprise myself when I, when I, when I do right by myself, if that makes sense, yes. like that is, you know, that, that leads into the next question. What, like, what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself in your recovery? This, the, okay, I had an answer, but this is coming up and I feel like it's inspired, like intuitive thought. Like 
that I'm actually a pretty lovable person. Like that I'm, I really actually am okay. Like I don't, I don't need to go work out. I don't need to make yeah. sure that this is perfect. I don't need to, I mean, I do those things because they make me feel better, but like, yeah. I'm really okay just as I am. And, you know, so there are a lot of, there's so many things that have happened in recovery that I'm grateful for, but like this, like being comfortable in my own skin, especially when I am out on a limb, you know, like, like what this, I mean, I I don't want to talk about the details of this particular move to California, but like, this is the furthest I've ever been out on a limb in so many different areas of my life. I know my intuition has brought me here. I know I've been prepared for this and I'm ready for this. And, um, and, but in, because there's so much kind of on the line and it's so far off the script, um, that's when I'm going to be like, okay, now I got to put on my Stephanie mask, you know? And it's like, no, this is so I think that's surprising the most, but one other thing about that, about that table mountain hike, I cannot tell you how much mileage I've gotten out of knowing that I lived through that and facing other things. Like as I believe that the universe is very efficient And so from my perspective, like I have gotten, you know, like, I mean, that got me to work so much harder. Like it's translated into better surfing. It's translated into stuff I do in CrossFit, like knowing like, you know what, sometimes there actually is a lot of gas in the tank. And, and, and so, and I will, in those times, ask my higher power, like, okay, show me sometimes just help, help, you know, like, and so, so in that sense, you know, while whatever, I, I mean, I guess I already do kind of look back and think, I actually think that did happen the way it was supposed to. I, I was supposed to kind of get rock because it allowed me to really kind of, uh, yeah. go for the next, you know, multiple weeks. Well, yeah. And with, with that sort of, you know, I feel the same when somebody's like, everything happens for a reason. You're like, uh, but it does take a lot of self-honesty to to look back on something like that, an event like that, and be like, okay, I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. I love what you said about the universe being so efficient. That's mm-hmm. that's like a beautiful thing. Like the universe is efficient. Like, mm-hmm. but the and the mileage you got out of that, that takes, I think, easily what you could have done has been like, here's this crazy thing that happened, and I have nothing to take from it. But you have a level of self-honesty that has been um that has has allowed you to tap into that resource. Like how how honest would you say you are with self with yourself and others? So I I really try to be as completely honest as I can. I mean, with myself, the, when, if I'm lying to myself, there's, I, there is no benefit. Now I also know that, you know, my brain is very kind of, my brain is smart too. And so I do think that like denial and all of those things, you know, I'm not saying that I'm never in denial about things or that I always know the truth, you know, like my perception changes and can change, but I, I really do try to be as honest about whatever's going on, you know, with me. And, and, and I will also say when it comes to others, like there are people in my life who do know everything about me, um, and places where places where I'm like, okay, here, here, you're going to see the full unvarnished picture. Um, my relationship with my sponsor, 
my therapist, um, my very close friends who all happen to be in recovery. Then there's also something that I have learned in, as I've gone along about not everybody gets full access to all of my information. And I think that's different than not being, uh, you know, it's, no, it's not like I'm running around. I think it's a happens. privilege. I think it's a privilege yeah. to let people know. Not everybody can be trusted with this. And, and unfortunately, you know, like, so, uh, but, but yeah, I really, I really do try to be as honest as I possibly can. And, um, you know, it, because I just, I think it makes things easier. And I also, I don't need, I get too much shame and too much other stuff happens. If I'm like, I don't know if I'm keeping things to my, that whole thing about we are only as sick as our secrets. Absolutely. Get it out there. Who cares? Yeah. So. I mean, it, it, it triggers a lot of anxiety for me if I don't have my specific crew of people where I can be that honest with like, you know, um, there's certain things that I just don't share on the group level, but there's certain things oh, that yeah. I need to get out. And I, I think knowing that, the wisdom to know the difference, for lack of better terms, it lessens the anxiety that I have on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, Stephanie, how do you experience anxiety in your life? So I... um you know, I do have a clinical diagnosis. It's one of several, um, that one, I mean, one was diagnosed before I got sober and then a couple of years into sobriety, the, the PTSD and the ADHD were like st stark relief. <laughs> Babes. Hey, what up? Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and like, I mean, that's also something where I look back. So, so how to, okay. I'm really trying to stay on the, on the path here. Um, so, uh, anxiety is, so th there's a lot that I do to treat it, um, in terms of, yes, there is medication that I've been on. And, and I just want to say this, I was actually on this medication for anxiety before I got sober. And, uh, and it was actually, uh, and I'm really grateful that, you know, I, I know, uh, we have no opinion on outside mm -hmm. issues. Um, but just to, as a further, um, as a further, you know, point of that, like my, the clinicians that I was seeing at that time, uh, were both like, yeah, 12 step is working for you. This is good. You know, like yeah. that was yeah. a supportive way in. Um, so, okay. So I know, so I know that there's that piece that gets treated and that treatment has kind of, has honestly been the same pretty much through my whole recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, then, uh, around five years sober, six years sober, especially the, um, you know, I had, to, I mean, I've always had to, well, as I got sober, I had to start working in like my spiritual practice, the meditation, writing, connecting to my higher power, staying connected to other people. And all of those things kind of create this blanket where I'm less likely to get triggered or, and when it does happen, I'm more likely to reach for a positive tool and treat it right. in a certain way. Yeah. It's, pre it's, preventative. it's six, preventative maintenance. Yes. Yes, exactly. Around six years of sobriety, some, uh, some memories started coming up 
And I started having like the severe, like PTSD reactions where I could not control what was happening in my body. Mm-hmm. And I was in the workplace and this had, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like I am someone who is very, you know, like I, I am very, I can, I cannot be having this. I cannot mm-hmm. be able, like, I will not be able to provide for myself. And so that was when I sought additional help and did, um, for me, uh, seeing a trauma therapist and doing about three years of, um, EMDR. And I always forget mm-hmm. what it stands for. Um, but that was incredible. I mean, it was incredibly painful and, those were, that was a hard, those were hard three hard years. And, uh, I hope to God, if, you know, if I were to have like a lobotomy I, I, and, and I needed to do that all over again, I hope I would have the willingness to do it because it was very, it created a very profound change in how, like in terms of treating my PTSD and really kind of like clearing out a lot of the stuff that I had not processed before. Um, but you know, it, it, it's still, I mean, it's still a thing. It's nowhere near as, um, I'm not as like trigger happy or trigger happy as the right word, but I'm not as easily triggered as I used to be, but it can still happen. And, um, like now when it happens, I'm really like, I'm in the space of like, okay, higher power, take it. You know, like, I'm yeah. like, like, I'm like instantly like, doing shit that I have no idea how this sounds, but if I had heard me say this like 11 years ago, I'd be like, what a fucking lunatic. So, but whatever it's true. I'm like, okay, higher power, just show me what to do. Take it, help me, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah. So, um, it, it can still come, it can still come up, but, but I also find too, that, um, I think as I continue living more of like what I feel is aligned with how I'm supposed to be living. Like I really do. I feel like that stuff burns off. Like in my mind, there's like just a ton of real bad energy that like was passed down from generation to generation to generation. And and I added to that pile. And that like, as I continue to walk through these things and do life, like things come up and, and, and I feel it and I release it. And then there's less of it to deal with. That's, I mean, yeah. But I am not a doctor. That is, well, you, you have that life experience. That is so. I, yeah. Could I be a shaman? Could I be a shaman? I mean. I, wait, I don't. Okay. Anyway, or some. Okay. Probably sure, not. Sherpa. Sherpa. A shaman. I have some friends that are, that are shamans and they, they okay, go Okay. So through. now I already. Okay. And I was using that. I really don't want to be disrespectful, but I do no. love, like, I do love the, I'm very much into the, um, Stevie Nicks, Gypsy, uh, yeah, like that to me, I love that aesthetic, but I get that for me, it's an aesthetic. And then I happen to have like layered my own connection with a higher power over it. Um, but it's not, so it does have a lot of meaning for me, but, um, yeah, I just, I want to be respectful. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. And I think that like, you know, I had a very similar experience of like, I, I had to, and I wish, I wish I had done EMDR. I love people when they talk about that, they're like, Oh, it was, it was so powerful. It was really hard, but it was powerful. And like, I basically got chased into getting outside help. And, um, and even 
after feeling like I had a good balance with it and expanding my life quite a bit, I started to have panic attacks again. And those like, and it was weird because it wasn't my, it wasn't like, you know, Ooh, I am nervous. It was, my body was like, Oh, there's tigers in the room. And yeah. Yeah. And I, it was that feeling out of control in my body. And that's what, you know, led me to get a medication intervention. And, and that has been, that has been so powerful. So we're, we're very big on this podcast of like, you do what you got to do to take care of your mental health, because there's a lot of, a lot of crazy out here in this world. A lot of people that, you know, and it's not, ain't no amount of Zoloft going to get me high. It just helps me. It just helps me, um, you know, have that, that ability to stand between the, the engine of my, of my defects, which is like my, you know, anxiety and depression uh, into it, it, it gives a space between the engine or the fuel and, and the engine, which is my defects. Right. So it's like, it's like, it all fuels what, how my inappropriate coping mechanisms of the past that no longer work. That's why there was a tension called to the fact that, that there was all a bunch of anxiety and trauma buried deep down inside because I, over time, you know, when they say the road gets narrower, you can't act out on those defects that alleviate the pain and stress of those, of of those, those, uh, the anxiety and the the fear involved. So like, what is the character defect you've had like the most difficult time kind of like getting your, like wrapping your head around, like really, really letting go of in your life? Perfectionism. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I had a couple in mind, but it's like, if I think about the one that's hardest for me to let go of, and somehow that is also tied to my judgment. There's like, Oh yeah. I'm I'm perfect. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) And, and yeah, I'm perfect. Fuck you. Or like, and it's like, why this person has done not like, where is this coming from? You know, like, um, and, and, and honestly, and I think this kind of gets back to the thing I said earlier about like, I mean, one of my earliest methods for staying alive, staying out of trouble, not making, making other people upset. I'm using a lot, I'm using a lot of air quotes for anybody who's just listening to this. Um, (laughs) And it's honestly like that, you know, like that's all adult child stuff. Um, And so, but yeah, like, I mean, really my primary method was like, Hey, I'll just, I'll just be a good girl. And, uh, in also in air quotes and, um, that, you know, Oh God, that can still be very elusive. Let's get the straight A's. Let's make sure everything looks great on the outside. Let's do the, this, let's do that. And, and it's very, I think what's challenging, and this is something that I, I am grateful to have, to have learned to kind of be okay with that. There's a lot of gray area in terms of like, because, I don't, my head will say, well, if you don't go work out, and first of all, if it sounds like that, if my head has that voice, that's Eunice, the name that I've given my inner critic. And she's, that drunk bitch causes more trouble. Let me tell you. So we just like, no, okay, that's her, you know, but um, it, it's like, it, it's, I can weaponize anything. I can weaponize program. I can weaponize exercise. I can weaponize food. I mean, like, and I work a program around that. Um, and so it's, it's hard because I have like in recovery, I have had to learn like, 
gradually that, that it's actually my higher power that's going to show me when is it, um, you know, when is it okay for me to, to, when is it a good idea? Like this morning, I worked out before I did this interview and I couldn't before I was like, I don't know if this is me trying to be perfect, trying to lose, you know, like, or is it, or is it me trying to like, I'm ta- I'm doing something new at a different time, but I want to make sure I have that weird energy out of the way. And like, and now I look back and I'm like, yeah, that's, I think it really was my intuition, but, but I can, the same stimulus or the same event could be used one way or the other. And, and, uh, and, and so it's hard for me to see when it creeps up. Cause again, I, I can lie to myself. I can de- deceive myself. And so again, I talk about this with other people and let them know, Hey, that's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can use my knowledge of the book and, and the colloquial phrases to make people think that I'm okay when I'm not and I'm fully mm. capable of that. I'd rather I'd rather just share like a sad bitch than to just mm. lie through through knowledge. You know, that's yeah. like that's just something I've just ex- had to accept is that like I'm I'm one hundred percent capable of keeping the proverbial you off my back if I say the right things. Mm-hmm. I, again, that was another thing I grew up in, you know, the, the religious community that I grew up in was very much like, these are the answers. And for them, faith was certainty. And that was never, never my experience, no matter how many times I prayed to not go to hell, no matter how many times I prayed, it was like, it just never felt like it took, you know? And I, so I already knew, I mean, I already knew that I could manipulate people by saying like, I'm great at being a chameleon and saying the right things. And I'm like, I cannot do that anymore. And especially with something that I need day by day in order to stay alive. So, and it can be really uncomfortable, you know, when, especially I remember around eight or nine months sober, I wasn't doing well. And I was saying, and I had some friends in my home group. I mean, I'm doing all the things I'm in the middle of the herd. I'm like, of course, cause I'm the good girl. Right. And, and I was like, if this is all there is, I'm out of here. Like I, and not, not out of here as then I'm done with life. Cause this is bullshit. And I remember saying that and having a couple of people be like, Oh my God, now granted, whatever, we're all doing the best we can. But like, I knew intuitively that it was important for me to find people that could understand how I feel and keep talking about it, not just like start pretending to be okay and to not, you know, and now I sort of know, oh, that's their stuff when people can't. I mean, it takes me a while to realize it. It's like, oh, that's, they can't handle that truth. That's not because I said something. Yeah, I, I, I take it I take it as a, 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 a real e- effort on my end to make sure that I'm, cultivating a crew of people that aren't going to cut and run yes. you know that's like uh that's a you know that's something i've had to forgive myself for over the years is that i've i've gotten involved with people that cut and run when things got hard you know i've got i've gotten involved with people friends that just you know that didn't understand or like i would force myself to just deal with it you know, then maybe I'm the problem. And, and the reality is, you know, you can cultivate a group of folks that, you know, 
they can hear you. Like I remember when I first, like before I got sober, I was like in the middle of a room at a party and I wanted to die. And I, oh. and I was like, if I died here on the floor right now, no one would give a shit. I mean, at first they'd be like, oh, there's a dead guy. Yeah. But like in, 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 in reality, like I had burnt it down with so many people that it really, I didn't think me being around anymore would really affect anybody, you know? And then you tell someone and they're like, ah, cause you can't just tell someone that you want to kill yourself and have them not react to it. But that was like, that was one of the beginnings of my, trying to get sober I, I wouldn't get sober for another year after that um but it's like that's the thing like i have to forgive myself for something sometimes not being wanting to be alone to the extent that i i, I keep people around for that that you know that just like oh they're here this person's here or that person's there and like i don't have to be by myself and yeah. like it's it's hard it's hard to forgive especially in later years of recovery, it's hard to forgive myself because you you have unrealistic expectations of people and unrealistic expectations of yourself sometimes. And it's just like, it it's hard to forgive myself. I can forgive you pretty, pretty easily, but like, I don't forgive me very quickly. And the next question, Stephanie, is how do you experience forgiveness in your life? So this is the one that I think is the hardest. And I don't, um, I'm going to answer it honestly. I feel like I know the least about forgiveness. I feel like people talk about it. Like it's some, like it's a switch you can turn on or you can put it in the forgive bin, you know, like. We were just talking about that yesterday. Yeah. We were oh. just talking about that. I was just like, yeah, it's people are like, oh, just get over it. I'm like, that's not how that works. Sorry. Or, they, or they'll take it like the next level. I'm like, okay, well, clearly then you haven't had anything big to forgive, you know, like, cause the cause more I start like, yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to go on a tan. I'm just, just going to take a deep breath. All right. We're going to surrender. And then whatever comes out, comes out. Um, I 100% agree that learning how to forgive myself, which, which I really believe is learning how to love myself. I am reparenting myself with gentleness. The more I do that, the more space I've got. And I don't even think about it, but the, the more space I've got to sort of forgive or, you know, what I honestly, it's really just like accept other people <clears throat> and be okay with the fact that they're at where they're at. Like, so the more I think of it more in terms of compassion, the more compassion I have for myself, the more compassion I can have for other people. And, um, and that is not self, you know, like I will not tolerate any people are like, Oh, myself, blah, blah, blah. You know, my best thinking got me here. Like, I don't even talk to myself that way. I get that, that works for some people, but what I have found is it's like, you know, that is still me using like that cudgel of like, if I, if I just beat my, the shit out of myself, that's my perfectionism. If I, because if I'm this bad, when I'm beating the shit out of myself and constantly struggling, can you just imagine what kind of monster I would be if I let go of that? And it is a complete paradox. Like the more loving and compassionate I am towards myself, uh, the more I've got towards other people. And I, I mean, I've definitely seen that happen. Um, and then forgiveness, 
Wow. So I, I do, um, I feel forgiveness for me. Forgiveness is like, it's like, a it, is it a dance? It's not a dance. It's a, it's a process. I feel like it's one of those onion peeling the layers of the onion. Cause like, okay, there was a certain amount of stuff I had to do when I, when I made my amends the first time. And, and, and there were some big, big ticket items that, um, that in my mind, and I think if I were to pull just a general sampling of the public, they'd be like, no, you don't know what I'm into this, but I wanted to stay sober. And the truth was, while yes, there were some big things that were done, there were also, it, I had still done some shitty things, you know, like I'd still done some shitty things on my side of the street. And so there was kind of like my first pass at forgiveness of like, I'm going to do this. I don't know how the fuck it's going to work. I do a lot of stuff where I have no idea how it's going to work, but I'll do it because I'm like, cause the pain of not changing is like, just not bearable anymore. And so I think, you know, I thought then, oh, I've forgiven so-and-so. I've forgiven so-and-so. And I did more pretending of like, okay. And, and I guess to some extent I had, I mean, it sort of cleared away a little bit of the wreckage, you know, like, and I, okay, blah, 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 I take some responsibility. I change my behaviors around these things. But as time goes on, then, and I change more of these behaviors where I'm not doing the people pleasing as much, or I'm not, um, you know, like I'm learning how to have some boundaries and like, oh, I'm allowed to do this. And just because this person is really upset doesn't mean that I have actually caused them harm, you know, like, and then, then there's kind of like, oh, okay, now I'm sort of left with, you know, I need to accept the fact that like this, the condition of their side of the street, I can't do anything about that. And I want to be okay. I want freedom. But freedom doesn't, you know, like at, at some point, me running back over to that side of the street to be like, it, like, I can't fix it. There's nothing I can do about it. And so there has to be some acceptance there. And that has been really hard because in some areas, I feel like I've sort of had to reverse the training that I learned early on of like, when so-and-so does this, then we do this. And it's like, yes. And yes, I did need to do that up until a point. And then there comes a point where I now have to, I'm allowed to protect myself. And so I don't have to keep trying to break back into jail. And that feels real uncomfortable because it, uh, and I did not come up with that phrase, but I was like, that's exactly it. I love that. Real uncomfortable because I, that was like, when that's, some of the only dance steps people know, I mean, those are the only dance steps I grew up with. And those are the only dance steps they grew up with. It's real, you know, it's real challenging because like that relationship is going to change. And so I, I still will give, I hear a lot of messages in my brain of like, Oh, I'm being a bad girl. Oh, I should do this. I should, but that's, you know what, that's why I have sponsors to talk about it. You know, friends, other feel like I get it out there and I just have to trust that like I am being guided and I also just want to say this too about like kind of our paths to not even just to recovery, but our paths through life. Like I really do believe that like our bodies are really intelligent. And even if we're not, it's like, I can only see just enough that like I, that is ready to be healed now. 
and no more. And, you know, and I, like, I really feel like, like we can't push the river, you know, like it's, and I have a lot, again, I think that's a, just a much more compassionate way to view things like, okay, well, you know, yeah, maybe some people don't need to go through this, that, or the other thing to get there, but I did. And, and I will say, I remember early on, I had, I mean, I'd love to beat myself up with like the shame and the guilt and all that. Um, that whole, the, the whole bit about like, you know, we won't regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. 100%. I, every, I mean, some gross things that I have done that I'm like, and it's come in handy, you know, and, and I don't, I don't like bring it out every day and I don't have it like on a trophy case or anything, but it's like, but yeah, that's a part of me too. And it allows me to have space for the fact that, you know what? everybody else on this planet is also a human being. We've got some good, some bad, some, you know, like that's for a mixed bag. Well, and I, I, it's like getting into the amends portion of it, right? It, it actually takes a lot of the wind out of the, like, I'm a terrible person. Cause you when you reminded me so much of my sponsor would just be like, Anna, turn off the ass kicking machine, please. Like, Yes. Just like give it a rest, you know, no matter how hard you kick your own ass, you are not going to be a better person. It's just not going to work. Like you're already an inherently good person. Humans make mistakes sometimes. And that's why we have a process of forgiveness and amends. Like stop, just turn it off for five seconds. And like the, um, uh, which, which brings us to our next question of like, what, what's been the weirdest like amends or uh, apology you've ever given or received? I, rather than, I mean, I've, I have done a lot of them. Um, And I used to have, I, no, this would be ego. So I'm not going to talk about that, but I, um, I think the biggest surprise in the whole amends process is to watch myself go from being like, I don't even owe that person. I didn't even do any harm to that person to over the years, like being like, not until I saw somebody else, I experienced somebody else at work doing something similar to me that I was like, Oh my God, this is driving me insane that I was like, Oh yeah, that's okay. That's then, then going through that process again of like, you know, writing the letters, seeing the pattern. Okay. And now I'm ready to go just me, my connection with my higher power and make amends, like watching, knowing full well that, you know, five years earlier, I was like, absolutely not. And then to be like, oh, wow, there, that's a lot of thawing. I think that's the thing that I love. There's a lot of thawing and, um, and it is, it's really cool. And even, even in relationships where I haven't necessarily, like it, it wasn't an amends, it wasn't an amends situation where I had to go and make amends for a specific harm, but I did have to change my behavior. Like part of that living amends, cause I have a lot of those, like just to see how I approach either the same person or a situation so differently. And I'm like, and I know it's not me. Like, and that's the stuff that I'm like, wow. Okay. That makes all those times where I was like, why am I doing this? Why is my life not better? You know, like that's when it, that the, the very slow payoff, but like the payoff is totally worth it. You're like, yeah, oh, a lot yeah. of the times I'm making amends to not have to make the same amends anymore. You know, like, yeah. I, 
I fucking hate making amends. So like a lot of my pause when agitated comes from going, well, you don't want to make an amends for this. So <sighs> might as well pause, you know, um, I like that. and that like that, it takes a practice of self-reflection, inventory, you know, talking to the universe, you know, that's, it takes a spiritual practice to even conceive of doing any of these things. Cause for this alcoholic, I don't want to do any of it. Um, but I know my chance at survival is increased when I'm engaging in some semblance of a spiritual practice on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's talking to other alcoholics, whether it's reading meditation, prayer, like Stephanie, what does your day-to-day -day spiritual practice look like? Um, so it changes over time. Um, <clears throat> but it really is the best part of my day. And I'm not just saying that because I think it, like, it really is. Um, and I've sort of become a morning person because of it. Um, but I, I get up in the morning and it's like, that's like my time. Like I make breakfast and, um, and it's usually a combination of a bunch of things. And this also requires, it is a constant battle between, do I need to pick up my phone to do something? Cause I have one of my readers is on my phone and it like, if I'm not on the beam, then it's like, oh, and now I'm shopping for a coffee table. I'm like, okay, no. Okay. You know, like, okay, but whatever, that's part of it. The progress, not perfection, but like, um, you know, I, yeah. So there are a couple of different like daily meditation things that I read and that will go through phases. Um, I, I do, uh, I try to, I do morning pages, um, from Julie Cameron's, the, the artist way, which I love, but I'll be honest, those have changed over time. Like I don't really have three pages and sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. And I have yeah. to be okay with that. And it's not because I'm not willing to look, it usually just spurs something else. And I am now okay with that's what is happening. When I was in uh, doing EMDR therapy, I remember getting to a point and those, cause I had lived for those pages. That was the only thing keeping me sane. And I, it was so painful. I remember like multiple mornings, all I could get out was help. And I was like, I need this time so that I can calm myself down enough to be able to try and look like a normal human being and go into the workplace. And so that was when I got some paints and paper and just started fucking around with that. And so for about a year or two, like painting in the morning became my like, whatever. And again, then there are times where, when my brain is being like, okay, but how can we monetize this? And how can we, blah, 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 you know, like, then it's like, okay, that's not working anymore. And then I got to switch it up. So, um, you know, there's usually something like that just to kind of get the creative juices flowing lately. I've been in this for me is like, this is honesty and I'm sharing this here. And I, there are like three other people on the planet that know that I do this lately. I've been doing mirror work, which sucks. Elaborate. <laughs> and, um, Elaborate. and I, I, I'm not familiar with this. You're saying mirror, like a reflection mirror work. Yeah. Describe so, it. This is, um, where I am. I am sitting in a mirror. I'm sitting in front of a mirror where I can see my face and like my shoulders. I set a timer. I started with two minutes. I'm now up to three. 
mind you, when this was first suggested to me and it's in some of the literature from it's, and it's also like, I've heard it, I've read it in other things too. I tried it and was like, fuck this shit. Never again. I also hear Stuart Smalley, like I'm gosh, darn it. I'm good enough. You know, like, okay. But, um, I'm, I just sit there and I look at myself and I make eye contact with myself and I notice what comes up. It is excruciating. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, sometimes my brain, I'll be like, oh, we got to wash your eyebrows. We got to do blah. And I'm like, okay. And then I just try and go back. But it really is. I'm like trying to like stare into my, I don't know if I'm doing it right, but I, I'm trying to like, just be still and take in myself. And then if like really nasty messages come up, I really try and like love, like, how would I speak if this, if I were looking at like a three-year-old version of myself or just how, how would I have a loving response, you know, like, and so, and then I say some affirmations to myself and, and, you know, try and maintain eye contact. And, um, but I, yeah, that's, it's, and whatever. Sounds terrifying. To be honest with you. It sounds absolutely terrifying. It's hilarious. I almost know kind of like what things work by how much I'll avoid them and how I'll intend to do them. And then like the whole day has gone by and I haven't, I mean, like, this is definitely one of those things. And, uh, but, but there is, um, yeah, I, I, it's like, I, I really am just where I'm at in my recovery right now. I am really just trying to be the best parent to my inner child as I can. And, and, and that is, that's sort of what that compassion looks like. And, you know, and honestly, like if I would have heard this, I would have been like, what the fuck? And it, and honestly that what the fuck is because, but that's the hurt. I think, I think that's, I think that's from all the, you know, all the messages we get. Sorry. WTF is my number one defense. What mm. the fuck? But I mean, does it, do you feel more connected to a higher power when you're doing these things? And oh, 100%. Like, like so, 100%. So what's your relationship with that higher power? If you, and what does it look like if you could describe it? So I, I feel like those are, this stuff is all integrated. Like that's how I kind of like go online. I sort of remind, it's like how I remind myself, oh, this is the part. These are the cells. <laughs> so... Okay. Again, this is like a brutal honesty. When I'm writing to my higher power now, it is that starts out, dear HP, God, bougie HP, which is what I started calling my higher power to deal with all my anxiety about how expensive it was to move out here, but it's fine. And, um, and then, and Higgs boson, the God particle. I, to me, I'm like, oh, I like that. You know, these, how, so much of our cells are like nothing, but it's something like dark matter and all the, okay. Clearly I am not a metaphysicist by any, you know, whatever. Um, but, but whatever it's fit. So that's what I'm talking to. And honestly, it's like, I'm like, okay, I, that's the part of me that I want to activate and like, whatever, I know I can't control it, but to the extent that I can control it, that's the part of Stephanie I want online today. And like, so those are all the things that I do. And I really do feel like, you know, my higher power, when I came in, I did not believe in God. I was certain I was going to hell, even though I did not believe in God. And then 
I, but they're like, okay, I have to have a higher power, but it doesn't have to be God. And, and PS, the woman who got me into the program, her husband was also sober for seven years and he was an atheist. So I knew if Jim could do it, then I had a, there was a lot of room for me to figure out what I needed. So, um, I just tried to picture, uh, what I thought a loving higher power would be not an angry grandpa in the sky, which is what I grew up with and what it can still like emerge. And so Stevie Nicks became a higher power. And to this day, I will hear, um, I'll hear Fleetwood Mac song and be like, she's here. Um, and so, and, and then it just sort of morphed. And so what I really think is it's just me tapping into the universal source of energy, which there are little God bits inside. I mean, I, I'm really reluctant to even, I mean, I wrote a book about this because it was, and but I'm like reluctant to talk about it. But anyway. No, no. We'll, we're, talk we're about that get, book. Yeah. yeah okay. We're going we're gonna to let you go for it because it. Okay. It, okay. St- yes. So, Everybody, so, St- Stephanie wrote a book and she's a very talented friend of mine and she's about to talk about it. So let her talk about it. Here yes. Get it, girl. Thanks. So my book is called, um, I am gold dust and you are too mindfulness and authenticity in the workplace. And it it really, like, I really was just, I had wanted to write a book for forever. And I was like, finally, I was like, look, maybe this just is an old idea that I can let go of. But before I decide that, and I don't put it on any more vision boards, let's just make a go at it. And so you know, this is what came out. And, and, um, but anyway, so I, I kind of talk about those things and there, there, but there is this, um, yeah, there's a chapter where I, I, it's like, I don't know how to explain my approach to life or anything without talking about, yeah. And I had to, I had to completely change everything when I got sober because I really did. And so, so for me, I think all this stuff is, is connected and, and that makes everything a lot easier. Did I answer your question? Yes. Yes, it was beautiful. I love it. A belief around here that it is more fun to believe than not believe. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And honestly, I and this um he passed away. Uh, but my friend Mike once said, you know, if I die and find out all this stuff was made up, all this higher power, whatever stuff, he's like, oh well, you know, I died sober. And that I have had, I have received so much permission and okayness with that because that was a big sticking point in my head, you know, Mm. just like what the, I mean, because, you know, spoiler alert, nobody knows. And, uh, and so, and honestly, and I'm fine with that because yeah, this is so great. Like we're here, we're connected. I'm meeting you guys like, and I wouldn't have any of this stuff, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it is more fun to believe. It's much more exciting. That's that's amazing. You made it. You made it to the end of the podcast. You're a delight. We've got one more question for you. And it is, and I am so stoked. I was literally like, I got to read that book. I got to read that book. That's that's amazing. I was like, you don't have to. Oh my gosh. But we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. But I just, I adore you. And this has been such a great talk. Like this has been fantastic. What is one thing you would like to tell somebody just like you in the world? Mm. What's that? What's the end of that question? Just like me? Yeah. Like this is the, yeah, this is just like you. 
yeah, this is like the giving it away thing. Like what, what do you want to give away to just someone just like you? Oh man. It's funny because I, I don't actually know that I would have listened to me. I would have been like, fuck you, bitch. And that's fine. You know what? That's what I'd say. That's fine. Because I, I mean, I, I still remember I had a therapist that was like, you're an alcoholic. I mean, this is long before I actually realized I was one. I was like, I am not an alcoholic and I am not in denial. I was just a Larry of famous last word. And so, so yeah, like I really, I really would just be like, it is, it is okay. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Your, your, you know, your intuition, whether you're tapping into it or not, is very smart Mm -hmm. and you're going to get where you need to go kiddo. Like it's like, just keep asking the questions, keep trying, keep trying to, to find the answers and keep, you know, like as, as much as you can, like get quiet and really try and listen to yourself, get to know yourself. And, and like, and if you need help, we're, Oh my God, we're here. We're tripping over ourselves. And if you don't like what somebody says, or like, then ask somebody else. It always makes me sad when people like have this bad experience and it keeps them out of recovery. And I'm like, fuck that shit. You know, like if that were true, there'd be so many other things that I would have not done, you know? So then find somebody who you can hear. So yeah, I just, I hope they would feel that like, like love and compassion and acceptance. And like, we get it and it's safe, you know, like, yeah. Yep. That's the There it is. Amazing. Steph, where can people find you, your book, your social media? If you want to share that information, now's the time. Yeah. So, um, I'm like, I'm like clearly not prepared for this. Um, you can find me on Instagram and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll make it, I'll make it public. I was thinking about doing that at, a uh, at Steph.VanZ, V-A-N-Z. Um, I have a website. I am golddust.com. Um, yeah. I mean, just honestly, yeah. Reach out. I mean, like, and you have, once you go to the website, you can, you can find ways to get a hold of me. Um, Instagram is, is great. And, um, but I mean, honestly, like, thank you guys so much. This is, I, I really appreciate one, just being on a podcast, but like being on this podcast and having this conversation and Dave, I've already, I already know you, but like, Anna, I can't wait to meet you in real life. And this is just, I yeah, know. I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful. And thanks everybody for listening. Like I'm yeah. So oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing this podcast. You're a delight. 100%, thank you. A whole delight. Dave again, he did it again. He he booked somebody I didn't know and then new best friend. Like it's so amazing. <laughs> he did it again. Yes. Bringing people together. <laughs> they work for something. Yes. Good for something. Yeah. You are good for so many things. So Dave, many things, Dave. Mm-hmm. So many things. Very, First and very foremost, grateful. being a hot sauce. And if you want to buy hot sauce from me, you can buy it at hahahotsauce.com. And if you want to see what I'm doing on social media, you can follow me at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I am in Facebook, Jill, once again. 
Uh, this time it was the ongoing for, saga of Dave and Facebook jail. I'm doing another 30 day stint for saying, uh, I will cut you and the line to a response of my buddy who was talking about, uh, an, another male comedian in Phoenix being the most fuckable. And I said, I'll cut you in that line to get it was a compliment. It was a compliment, but Facebook's yeah. read, read the I'll cut you. Like I was really going to cut my good friend Rob while we were jokingly talking about how hot our friend Eric was. So there I am in Facebook jail once wow. again. So at Yates Comedy, uh, I'm making people real mad on TikTok. It's a lot of fun. So if you want to see me make uh, chuds angry for, for making fun of them, for yelling that nobody wants to work, uh, I, th I think that's my niche now uh, is... is, is <laughs> no making, one wants to work. This is yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah my, because my, we're... My, yeah, my niche is making fun of the nobody wants to work people, the 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 people that scream nobody wants to work, but uh, yet uh, you know they don't want to do anything to help anybody. So I'm having a good old time over there on TikTok at Yates Comedy. So if you want to see me spar with the fucking chuds of society on TikTok, you can find me over there. Anna, where can people find you and the podcast? You can find me at Anna V is fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. Uh, you can uh, find this podcast at 12QPod on all social media. And that's also our email address. So 12QPod at gmail.com. And how we end this podcast every time is, uh, Stephanie, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Love you, Steph. Oh, I love you guys too. Thank you so much. Yay. And Dave, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Ugh. We do love you. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Love you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yes, Bye. you are loved. Love it.